Welcome into the Maroon Mike podcast. I'm your co-host, Andrew Miller. Your other co-host, Dan Faulkner. In a while since Dan's been able to do his own uh, intro on this show. It feels like a very long time, yeah. It has. Um, but And this is also going to be the first time in a while that you guys get a normal uh, preview show. We, we haven't had that in quite some time because even last week for Southeast Louisiana, uh, we just kind of lumped it into our big show preview and just really kind of hit some main points. Hey, here's what we want to see out of MSU. Um Got to kind of do the same thing today. We're not going to go super, super deep on the Wildcats. Obviously, we we did our opponent previews for a reason, and it, it's tough at this point of the season to say we're only you know week two to say anything much different than what we had early on, other than a few observations. But still, this is our first actual normal week one episode. Uh, sorry, preview episode. Um, but as we like to do on these pods, obviously Dan is not here for the recap shows. Uh, so we want to hear his thoughts. Mississippi State in Southeast Louisiana, forty-eight to seven win. Uh, what'd you like? What'd you not like? What were your just big your takeaways from Week One for the Bulldogs? Well, obviously, as everyone else felt very similarly, I think the first half, yeah, wasn't all that pretty. Uh, it took a little bit of time. Uh, it, it it took a little bit of time to get that offense going, but we I like going back to the old style Mississippi State. Uh, it, it's fun, you know. It's just something special about looking another team in the eye and saying, hey, we're going to shove you around and run the ball right down your throat because we're better than you. And and that's something that we did for a while at the end of the Dan Mullen era, began Joe Moorhead tenure, uh, as bad as that little tenure was. kind yeah, of. It didn't happen much under Joe Moorhead. Well, in 2018, I'll say that. There, there were some games where where he just allowed the running backs to say, "Hey, pound it on their throat." Twenty nineteen, uh, not as much, but yeah. Anyways, uh, it's fun to see that. So, so it made my heart very happy, and and just to see that. Now, yeah, I think you got a few things you got to work out on the passing game. I mean, that was a beautiful throw from Will to Creed Whittemore uh, for that long, long touchdown pass. Outside of that, I mean, he he's still hitting some of his checkdowns. There are a few little shaky passes here and there. Uh, but I think looking back at some of those things, I mean, yeah, I, I think the right passes he overthrew to just, hey, if my guy can't get it, no one can. I did a real good job with that. Um, but, but still sometimes a little bit shaky. Uh, I think, you know, he's one of those guys, they'll pick it up midseason as it, as it goes along. You hope to see that. Uh, and really haven't quite seen – I, I did like – I think there was one play. Maybe I got it wrong. But he had pressure coming in, and, you know, instead of running backwards or instead of just throwing it in the air, he just took the sack, right? I mean, that was one thing during the Egg Bowl last year. He tried to, to be a bit extra, cost some yards. One time, you know, cost us a fumble. Thankfully, it was not recovered by Ole Miss. But, you know, he, he didn't have that same problem on Saturday, albeit against southeastern Louisiana. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see what this new era of Mississippi State football has. Uh, and and ready to see how we can dominate and see see as we compete for having uh, one of the best running backs in the SEC. Hey, uh, we've been saying it for a while, right? Uh, not just us on this podcast. Every Mississippi State fan been saying, "Look, Woody Marks is that dude." We just hadn't seen him because of the offensive system he was in. He's in something that's allowing him to shine right now. So I like. It. Yeah, um, Woody had a fantastic day. Obviously, Creed Whittemore's breakout performance. Um, like you said, slow start. Will wasn't fully locked in, but I mean, it wasn't wasn't just god awful by any means. I think 
a lot of it, and I talked about this in the recap show, is just you're working out those jitters of breaking in a new system. Um, you know, you've been it, running one very unique offense for the past three years. It was never going to be an overnight fix. Um, so got off to a slow start, but once they settled in, it, it was mostly fine. They're going to need to get off to a fast start, though, this week, taking on the Arizona Wildcats. Um, big home game, 6 o'clock on SEC Network. Whiteout game in Starkville. Uh, State's wearing white uniforms. Uh, the handful of times they have done that in their history, they are they are winless at home. Uh, how do you feel about wearing the white uniforms at home? I like it. Uh, look, I mean, honestly, you look at some of those games. Uh, one of those was Johnny Manziel's kind of coming out party, his Heisman season. Another one of those, uh, the 2009 LSU game, Dan Mullen lost that game. He's still a brand-new coach, right? And and he, he should have won that game, did not. But I, I like the mindset of that. Hey, you think you can just, like, make us wear a different color uniform on the road? Well, we're going to do that to you. You know, I like doing that to LSU because, hey, you know, why not? I wish we were doing that the LSU game this year, but I'll, I'll take what I, we can get. Um, Yeah. I mean, in terms of just uniforms, obviously nowadays everyone can watch any game anywhere. I mean, everyone has some kind of streaming cable, so it's not so much a matter of, hey, it's what you get. A, you know, oh, fans coming to the game can see something different. Like, I, I think it used to be it could have been something special like that. You know, you get to see all these different colored uniforms for, for the Cowboys and the LSU fans because everyone wears their home colors. But uh, now, I mean, you can see any game that you want to now uh, thanks to the Internet. And and to to modern streaming, but yeah, I'm a fan of it. I like the uniforms; they look solid, uh, very clean. So, uh, you know, maybe I don't know if Arizona's released their uniform yet, but you know, it could be a pretty cool uh, matchup. They they've released some pretty good uniforms themselves. Yeah, I I, I hope I'm not going to say I know. I hope that Mississippi stay, you know, breaks that curse. If not. I think it's okay. You just gotta put them away, keep them for the road, and and do all of that. So that's my little my little take on uniforms for the day. The drip take. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that the uniforms like have zero impact on games. Like I know fans used to do that with the black uniform thing, where it's like we always lose every time we wear black, and it's like state hasn't lost wearing black uniforms since like 2011 or something like that. Um, it. But people saw them lose to LSU and Alabama, which, yeah, I'm sure the uniforms are why we lost to LSU and Alabama <laughs> wearing black uh, early in Dan Mullen's tenure. But they did have a crappy game against Louisiana Tech at home that they did win, but a bad game that was squirrely wearing black. So I, I get it, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. That said, if you lose in this game wearing white, you might have to retire white at home forever at that point. But I, I agree. I actually like it. I think more teams that do whiteouts should wear white uniforms at home, like Penn State. Like they are the whiteout school, and yet, like I know it's their tradition thing that they, like they they always just have their base uniforms at home, their base uniforms at the road. I've never understood though why you wouldn't wear white at home when you're Penn State. So I, I like seeing State do it. Uh, hopefully, you will see fan participation in the whiteout. Um, so wear white if you're going. Go to the game. Talking to all of you. Like. I get it. The stripe out stuff can sometimes be a little tough because of, oh, what section am I in? Although other schools have no problem pulling it off. And I get some, but I, I do get like getting asked to wear colors for every single game is tough. But whiteout, I am positive 
like 99% of you have a white shirt you can wear to the game. Like, uh, so, you know, wear white, try to make it look cool. It, it looks good on TV if we pull it off. My dad's buying a white shirt for the game. He's going. I was on the phone with him two days ago. I said, hey, it's a whiteout. He's like, I don't know if I have a white state shirt. He said, guess I got to go buy one. And it's just simple, like, all right, go buy it. Yeah, get something. You know, if you if you think money's a bit of an issue, just get a white shirt, write Hail State on it. You know, do do your own thing, guys. Come on. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I can say, like, I'm not going to do the whole, like, get to the game thing because I know that's going on right now. There's a big discussion because tickets are cheap and it, there's a lot of seats available. Um, I, I'm not going to pressure anybody to go to the game um, because I myself am not going. But I can tell you if I was going, I, there's the white shirt that I would be wearing is not a Mississippi State shirt. Uh, but I actually, I might change that. I, I This is a dumb hypothetical because I'm literally not going to the game. I have a white MSU t-shirt I can wear, but I also, because it's September in Mississippi and it's hot, if I were going, I would probably be wearing like the, like the fishing shirts that have like the mesh in the back, just because those are cooler, which the one that I own is not an MSU shirt, but you know, put on an MSU hat and boom, we're all good. Uh, so if you're going to the game, wear white. It doesn't need to be more difficult than a lot of you guys make it. Um, hopefully a good atmosphere, though, at home with Arizona coming in, a powerful opponent. And I think the Wildcats can be a sneaky good team this year. And I do think this is going to be a competitive game. Um, we talked about in the preview that, you know, th- this team has one of the better offenses that MSU is going to face this season. And I definitely still think that's true after week one. Um and they might actually be a little bit better defensively than maybe I anticipated with a lot of the pieces they have coming in. Um, they handled business in week one against Northern Arizona, 38-3. It was 14-3 at halftime. They did get off to a bit of a slow start, but from what I understand, some of that was like self-inflicted wounds early on where they had some drives stall out. And that, uh, you know, it's not like they were just punting the ball away like that. I know they had a fourth down they failed on. I believe Delora threw an interception. Um, so, a little bit of a slow start, but kind of like Mississippi State, they settled into the second half and dominated in the way that you expect the Power 5 team to to handle an FCS team. And it's worth noting that, like, I think a few years ago, Arizona lost to Northern Arizona. Now, Northern Arizona is not a good uh, FCS team, but um, still, I, they weren't a good FCS team when they beat Arizona a few years back, if I remember correctly. I'm not going to look it up and do the research right now, but it, it still is a step forward because this is an Arizona team that – it really hasn't matter who they played. Like teams were going to put up points on them because of the defense, and they hold held them to three. That's a good start to the year. But ultimately, as we talked about, it starts with the offense. Um, I think I mentioned this in the preview. Like they are a true pro spread offense under uh, head coach Jed Fish, uh, who has a long track record of time in the NFL. That's where that comes from. But like their their pro style, and that they're going to get in a lot of formations. They'll go under center. They are going to go under center a lot more than Mississippi State does. Obviously, Will Rogers literally did not take a snap under center in the first game. Um, and you'll see, you know, uh, uh, some different run concepts and different personnel groupings. But their thing is they're trying to spread you out and throw the football. And they've got a great group of receivers for that. And they got a quarterback who's a gunslinger, Jaden Delora. Um, and, and that passing game had a big day in, in Week One. Um, Jaden Delora uh, put up 292 pass yards. I believe that's right. I, I was looking at the total. Uh, no, 285. Sorry. Uh, yeah, 
I was looking at the total passing numbers. Not they, they did have a backup come in. He was 18 of 24, so 75% completions, 285, 11.9 yards per attempt. So th- those passes down the field, he had through three touchdown passes. But I did mention he did have the one interception, which is, you know, Delora has a tendency to do that, as we saw last year. Um, but spread the ball around a lot. Uh, Tedaroa McMillan is their ex receiver on the outside. He had three catches for 65 and a touchdown. Um, including a, a couple great grabs downfield onto vertical routes. Um, really got the running backs involved in the passing game in week one. Uh, 59 and 57 yards, respectively, for Jonah Coleman and Michael Wiley. Uh, Coleman had more receiving yards in this game than he had all of last season. Wiley had a few games like this last year, but last year Arizona was a team they didn't throw to the running backs all that much, um, but they did it a lot in this game, a lot of screen passes, a lot of uh, – quick dump off to the backs. And I believe they said afterwards, that's something they're trying to do more of this year because they got some guys who are good. Um, Jacob Cowan is their big guy in the slot. He had three for 38 in the touchdown. And then Montana Lamonius Craig transfer from Colorado. Remember he had a, a big play, like a big touchdown in the Colorado spring game ends up transferring out of the program shortly after the Colorado spring game, which doesn't look like Colorado is missing any, anyone in the receiving core right now. Um, but he had two catches for 49 uh, in week one as well. So good group of receivers. They like their tight end a lot, although he didn't record a reception in week one. This is a team that is going to throw the football around. And they got a good group of offensive linemen up front, um, who big body guys who are, who are pretty good in pass protection. Now, I should say they are going to be missing uh, one of their starters um, along the offensive line. And Raymond Polito, true freshman, missed uh, missed last week. Uh, he had an injury, I believe. He got into a bike accident. Um, not anticipated to travel again for this game, but uh, the guy who stepped in for him, Sam Lange, they liked him a lot as well. Pretty good offensive lineup front. Um, so this, I mean, this is an Arizona offense that they're built to throw the football. They got a quarterback who's mobile and can extend plays and showed a little bit more of a willingness to run against UNA than maybe he did last year. Because if you remember last year against MSU, he had several opportunities to take off and run and didn't, where he could have picked up big yardage. Maybe that's a different game if he uses his legs. MSU has four new starters in the secondary. They were not really tested by Southeastern Louisiana at all. We really didn't see much of that. We have questions about who, where the pass rush is coming from on the edge. And then we've also seen MSU in this defense have a have a struggle containing rushing quarterbacks. And, and you know, they struggled to get Delora to the ground last year. So just for you, what are you looking at from MSU? And how do you contain this passing game? And do you think they're up for the task? Yeah, to, to contain them from what I have seen to contain Delora, Bookie Watson's just going to have to have a phenomenal performance. He's going to put have to put up an all SEC, you know, running on an all American type performance. Other reason being is, I mean, obviously you're not going to have the same kind of situation like you had at LSU last year. We we're going to put like Nathan Pickering as a spy. I think they learned a lesson from that. He might end up being that spy out there. I'm not sure who else he would, right? If you are going to spy Delora, I'd say that. You know, you want to go with you. You want to go with one of your best guys, and and Watson's the kind of guy who can go out and create disruptions. Now, now both he and Johnson looked solid once the defense locked in on Saturday. Those two were leading the charge. 
right? Uh, Johnson with the two forced fumbles. Uh, Watson, what he had a sack and a half and and a fumble recovered, and and looked really really good out there. The rest of the defense, right? I mean, they eventually picked it up, and that's good to see. You know, even seeing uh John Lewis making a case to to put himself out there with what he did on special teams. Yeah, I think it goes back to the linebackers. And and I think that's the one position on defense right now that looks the deepest for Mississippi State. The defensive line, I mean, yeah, you, you just got to create pressure um, from the edge. I mean, yeah, if you do force them to run, you know, I, I think in some senses that could be better, right? Last year, a lot of his interceptions came from he got out of the pocket, was on the run, decided to throw it regardless, had a really bad pass, and it got picked off. So, yeah, if you get Delora out the pocket, that's that's where you have a chance to to get him beat. But you have to force him to throw it. Right? You have to have someone who would run him down and get the sack, or force him to make a bad pass. Uh, that so that's just the question. You know, can you do that? Uh, obviously, it's the first legitimate team you're facing. We don't quite know what Arizona uh, looks like for the whole season. Them they themselves haven't played a uh, FCS team, but yeah, that. Secondary, you know, I'm not even going to say anything on it just because I don't know. Like, I'm not going to speak on something I don't know. Uh, so I think next preview, I will know something about the secondary and I, will, I might have something to say. But for right now, I got nothing to say because I just I don't know what they're going to do against this this passing attack from Arizona. So, uh, yeah, for defensively for Mississippi State, just, yeah, get them out of the pocket, make them make a bad pass. Yeah, that's a really good point about the secondary because I'm right there with you. Um, I, I said this in my recap. Um, it's tough if you don't have the all 22 film in front of you to really tell. Okay, how often were you were you seeing good coverage? How often were their coverage bust, but the quarterback didn't see it or was under pressure? Um, it, it was impossible to tell really on Saturday. So I sort of took the approach of I guess for now, no news is good news, right? That we we haven't we didn't have any noticeable bust in the secondary. So. Perhaps they played well against Southeastern Louisiana, who you would expect them to. But as I mentioned in the preview, Southeastern actually has a few good players in that receiving core. Um, we're going to know after this week. I don't think there's not going to be a question because this is a team that wants to throw the football and has a really, really strong group of wide receivers out there. Um, your point about Delora and, you know, just making mistakes. I will say just reading uh, – some of the the recaps from from their own guys, he did still have some of those, you know, what do you do in plays, even against NAU, where uh, he had the interception, he had another pass that probably should have been picked off, and I think they said he took a sack um, that he shouldn't have. I kind of feel like, you know, Delore at this point, you, you sort of are what you are. Like, he's he, he's that stock type of player where he's just going to make those type of plays, and you – that are going to leave you frustrated and can sometimes lose you a game, but you put up with it because he's also going to make plays that can win you games. Last year against MSU, he, un- he for unfortunately for Arizona, made more plays that lost in the game than the plays that win you games, and you hope that's what continues this week. I agree about Pookie Watson. I think as that guy in the middle of the defense and as someone who is usually tasked with going and getting after quarterbacks, he's definitely going to be uh, up the middle. He's definitely going to be pre- – uh, tasked with being a guy that really stays um, with uh, Jaden Delora. Um, definitely need to see uh, DeMonte Russell. And I'll be surprised if Sean Page starts at Sam linebacker again. I, well, okay, I won't be surprised if he starts. I'm going to be surprised if he plays the majority of this game. 
because I think J.P. Purvis needs to be that guy at this point. I was not really pleased with what I saw from Page in week one. Those two have to really set the edge on defense. That was an issue for MSU in week one, and you want to get into the situation where you're forcing Delora to have to step up into interior pass rush. You don't want him being able to get outside the pocket and extend plays with his legs because that's where it can hurt you. So that really comes down to your to your outside guys being able to handle that a little bit more. Um, I should say, like, Arizona does want to run the ball. They ran the ball pretty effectively in week one. I I, I was talking about this. We were doing a roundtable discussion on Maroon White Nation. It should be coming out later. And I said that I wasn't really blown away with their run blocking up front. Watching it again, I kind of take that back. There were a few kind of iffy plays, but that's going to happen for almost every team. Like, I thought their their offensive line actually did a pretty good job of getting push up front, but they also really have a good group of backs. So they're going to run the football a little bit too. But I think if you're MSU, you want them trying to run the football because to me that's where you should have the advantage defensively. You should be able to handle that a, a little bit better. Over on the other side, um, when you talk about the Arizona defense, this is where it's just tough to tell much because they, they completely – overhauled that defense from last year. It is almost a brand new group. The defensive line has three new starters up front, including a few starters. Uh, Bill Norton is a guy at nose tackle out of Georgia who had a really nice game in week one. They like him a lot. Um, Trying to find Taylor Upshaw as an edge rusher for them uh, who transferred in from Michigan that had, I believe had like half a sack in in the first game. Um, But I will say their D line and their linebackers did a good job swarming to stop the run and also blowing up runs in the backfield against Northern Arizona. And look, it's again, it's an FCS team. How much can you take away from it? But like I said, Arizona has not done this against weaker opponents either. Um, So I think this is a team that they're much better up front. We talk about MSU being a team that wants to establish a running game and wants to lean on its rushing attack going forward. That's going to be an interesting matchup for me Um, because you look at, you know, Jacob Manu at at, uh, Will Linebacker, Best player on that defense. He had led the way with nine tackles and uh, half a sack in week one. Just kind of every time you watched the play, he was there by the ball. Uh, a guy whose name was getting called a lot, nickel corner, uh, trading Stooks. Well, had a, I know he had a, a big tackle for loss in this game. He, he was a guy who, again, just swarmed into the football. And really, their entire secondary are guys who go flying up to stop the run. Um, you know, when you look at a guy like Ephesians Prysock, who who is their top corner on the team, Gunnar Maldonado is another name to watch at safety. He was their nickel last year. They moved him to the uh, back of the defense. He's going to miss the first half of this game. He was ejected with targeting in the second half against NAU, which that's a big loss for them. He's one of the more veteran players on the team. Another really aggressive player. It'll be interesting to see if MSU gets an opportunity to test them deep early on without Maldonado out there. Um, I know that they like their defensive back group, but I thought NAU still found some opportunities in the passing game against them when they were able to block their pass rush. Um, so I think for an MSU team that's got a good group of receivers and an experienced quarterback, you should have some opportunities there. And for as much as they want to swarm up to stop the run, if you're an, an MSU team that obviously wants to establish a running game and then take those shots downfield off of it, might have a little bit of a matchup there, but I still think it's an improved Arizona defense from what you faced a year ago. 100%. And, uh, yeah, what I'm looking for state against this, I mean, Will, don't let me get on Twitter. Don't let me get on Twitter, Will. I I, I was very close in the first half, you know, tweeting something, and then he had that beautiful dime to Creed. I was like, okay, let me, let me stay off because, uh, look, 
it's a tougher defense we're facing, and and he, he's gotta he's gotta be more poised. He's got to to hit these passes, and yeah, test them deep. Maldonado's not in. Test them deep. Do it. I mean, look, like I said, I was pleased that whenever he did throw it deep, the guy was covered. He just overthrew it, right? And look, if your guy can't get it, no one can. That that's all I ask for on those deep throws. But uh yeah. Way like you said, way better. Uh, you know, last year it was interesting, right? They they kind of had that uh they they just came out swinging last year, right? Had that good drive to start the game, went up seven nothing, capped off by a 34 yard run. Uh so it'll be interesting to see if, if state gets a chance to like, you know, if they get the ball first, they can just make that statement this year, right? I mean, obviously you're at home. You and the coin toss with the return man you have in Tulu Griffin, you're getting the ball. You're saying, I, I want the ball, do it, um, make that strike early. So, yeah, he's there. It's just punch him early. Punch him in the mouth. You mentioned they go down the field and score pretty quickly last year. I think that's kind of something we've seen quite a bit out of MSU's defense the last few years where it feels like the opening drive, opposing offenses tend to have a lot more success than they do over the course of the game. I think that's – I think – Arnett and I guess now Matt Brock, although I mean we didn't really see that against Southeastern, but it's it's Southeastern. I think they've done a good job of using the early moments in the game to figure out what is the opposing offense wanting to do and then adjusting off of that. Uh, so, I mean, but that will be something to watch. Can you keep them from having a fast start? Like, like we talked about early on, MSU has to get off to a faster start because this is an Arizona team that I expect to be able to score some points. Um, I still think MSU is – going to put up enough points on them to be able to come out with a win uh, because I do think your overall talent advantage is still better. And it's just tough to say this quickly that their defense is so much better that they're ready to stop MSU. But some of the early lapses that you had in the game um, or say you had in the game on this past Saturday, you can't have that. Like if Will has an open guy, he has to hit. You can't be missing assignments in the run game if you're going to try to run the ball more, which like I said, I think their run defense has improved. That'll be interesting to me. Like that's, I think, there was an expectation going into the season that this is one of those teams, okay, MSU should just be able to line up and run the football uh, at, at them. I think you're going to see State try to do that, but I, I'm interested to see. It's, it might actually be an early litmus test for, okay, how is this offensive line progressing and how is this run game progressing? Because I do think they have some guys in their defensive front six who could potentially cause some problems for MSU. So an interesting matchup. Definitely an early lit- litmus test game for MSU. Dan, what do you have as the keys to the game? Yeah, keys to the game. Key number one, uh, Mississippi State, rush for more than four yards per attempt, right? You are able to do that last year uh, as a whole. Team did four and a half yards or 4.4 yards per carry against Arizona. Uh, some of that was kind of knocked down from Will Rogers taking sacks. Dylan Johnson had five and a half yards per carry. Uh, Jaquavius Marks had six and a half yards per carry. Uh, if you get those same kind of numbers on Saturday, you're going to be in good, right? You know, introduce this new defense. Uh, they're they're new working together. Introduce them to ground and pound in the SEC. Uh, other key to the game will limit to fewer than two turnovers. You know, they, they didn't get any interceptions last week. It'd be ideal to keep it that way. Just just don't don't turn the ball over more than twice or more than once. I should say. Try to keep it that way. 
And for defense, this last one here, put pressure on Delora, right? That was your path to success on defense last year, making him make mistakes, getting him out of the pocket, and and like he did last week. And, and Andrew, you said this earlier, you, know, you are who you are. Sometimes I say that about Will, and, and maybe it's true. He's still a good quarterback himself. But if that's just who Delora is, make him mess up. Make him screw up. You're going to need to see good performance from your defensive line for that to happen. Uh, when you go up against these these bigger and tougher teams, you can't rely entirely on just your linebackers to bail you out. So those are my keys to the game. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with a lot of that. I mean, I would definitely say that I think State should try to test their secondary early on, see if that group is as improved as the defensive front is. But, look, yeah, you also want to see, can you get the run game going against them? Because I do think this is an aggressive defense where you can – Get some opportunities uh, if you do try to take – if you do get them swarming up to try to stop and run, um, you should have some opportunities downfield. And definitely, look, contain Delora. That's the biggest thing. But it's also going to be your players in the secondary have to step up. And you, you want to see them play well, but I think a lot of that's going to come down to how quick – how much pressure can you get on Jaden Delora early on. Prediction time. Dan, where are you going with? Well, uh, I have, of course, this is a Mr. State podcast. I have the Bulldogs winning, but uh, they do not cover. I just cannot be confident enough to say the Bulldogs cover. I mean, that's saying, right? Good teams win, great teams cover. Not quite there yet. 35 30. Uh, you know, kind of a little more offense than you really want to see from Arizona, but I think uh, that red zone defense able to uh, force a few field goals and, and maintain the lead through that. I'm in a similar spot. I've got Bulldogs winning this one 34 to uh, 27. Um, I, I do think you're going to see Arizona be able to hit some plays uh, down the field uh, against MSU and, and test those corners um, and test the safeties for that matter. Um, and I definitely think Delora, you're going to see him make a few plays. But I, I think Arizona is the team that is more prone to mistakes. I do still believe MSU's defensive front, even against a good Arizona offensive line, I like the talent you got up front. I think you can create some pressure. Um, it might be more of the interior with Jaden Crumity. And like I, I, I thought Nathan Pickering played really well last week. He needs to have a big game as well. Um, I think you can create enough stops. And I, I'm just, I don't believe this Arizona defense is that much better than MSU is just going to be shut down in this game. But you got to get off to a fast start more than anything. But both of us are going to take the Bulldogs to win, but still think it's going to be a closer game than maybe the, the spread suggests. Uh, last week, uh, Dan, you basically nailed the prediction for MSU. You had 48-3. to It was 48-7 final score, so congratulations to you. Uh, and you were also the best in our week one game picks. You went 9-1. and one. Colton, who's not here this week, goes 8-2. and two. I was 7-3. and three. Um, The games where we had some misses on. We did not believe Colorado goes into Fort Worth and takes down TCU. I still don't fully believe because I, I don't know what they did is fully sustainable, but Got to give them credit, but we all took the Horn Frogs. Uh, well, I think we might be flipping that opinion, though, on the Buffaloes for the game that we picked this week. Uh, both Colton and I missed on UTSA. Dan got Houston taken down of the Roadrunners correctly. And then I was the lone person who bought into South Alabama uh, to beat Tulane, and Tulane just whooped them. So that's on me. Um, but still, no terrible wet weeks for anybody else. Um, you know, I we flipped nailed. the script from last year. Let's go. <laughs> You've gotten off to a hot start, uh, which a little bit different from where it was a year ago. It's time to make our week two picks. 
Uh, Friday night, Illinois will travel to Kansas. Two basketball schools that had breakthrough seasons of football a year ago. They're both 1-0 on the year. Um, interesting matchup here with Illinois' defensive front going to be Kansas's run game. Uh, Dan, where are you going? Uh, I love me some Jalen Daniels, but, yeah, I got to – Got to go with Illinois. I think they're a tougher team. Uh, Friday night, Friday night lights, right? Uh, it'll be a, that's gonna be a fun one. But I, I'm taking the Fighting Illini. I'm gonna go with Kansas. I'm gonna be- believe in Kansas. Um, Jalen Daniels, uh, not Jaden Daniels from LSU. Jalen Daniels, their starting quarterback, is back healthy and should be ready to go in this game. Uh, I, Illinois' defense is good, but. I know Toledo's a solid team and out of the MAC, but they had to fight to win that game. I think Kansas at home on the road can get a little bit more offense, get this game won. Vanderbilt at Wake Forest. I think this was a game going into the year. A lot of people thought Vandy would be able to get Wake. Wake's 1-0, but it was Elon. Vandy's 2-0, but they haven't looked great through two weeks. Which way are you leaning? No Sam Hartman, no problem. Go Wake. 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. So if you get tired of either uh, talk show in the morning – just turn to the ACC network, friends. Yeah, uh, we get a little bit of an early game, which is nice to, to tune in an hour before the rest of the kickoffs. I'm also going with Wake. Um, they're probably not as good as they've been, definitely. You know, without Sam Hartman there, but Vandy just doesn't quite look like the team that I think a lot of people were expecting. All right, now it's time to see if we believe Nebraska at number 22, Colorado. The Buffs have vaulted into the top 25 rankings. Um, Big noon Saturday. This is going to be a 10 a.m. local kick out, out in uh, Mountain Time up in Boulder. Um, which way do you go here? Do, do you this old Big Eight rivalry rekindled? I, I'm going with Nebraska. Uh, it, look, I think Nebraska is better than TCU. Thought that before the season, and 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 uh, I think the hype might just get a little bit too much in Colorado's head right now. I could be wrong. Put me wrong again, Dion. Please do. It'd be cool to see, but going with the Nebraska. It would be an all-time letdown. Uh, but even though I said I don't fully believe, I'm going to believe for this week, and then I'm also going to believe for the week after when they play Colorado State. I'm taking Colorado. Um, ultimately, Nebraska, their defense might actually give Colorado a little bit more of a test, but I think their offense is just still bad. And I think Colorado, with the offensive system that they're going to run and with the playmakers they have, I think they're going to hit more plays and at, at home. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the Buffs. Top 25 matchup, number 20 Ole Miss travels to New Orleans to take on the 24th-ranked Tulane. This is a sellout at Yulman Stadium. Um, there's been a lot of bickering over this game, over ticket sales from the Ole Miss side and also with Tulane arguing back and forth, but – Packed house in New Orleans, the G five top G five team and a solid SEC team. What are you taking? I said it last week. Say it this week. Go wave. I'm taking Ole Miss. I, I know that's a very anti Mississippi State stance, but I think the Rebels are just better. Um, Tulane did look really good last week. Tulane is going to be able to score points. I think Ole Miss might actually be solid, but we don't know about their defense. Uh. Game where the loser is the fans are going to be screaming for the coach to get fired. Uh, number 23, Texas A&M travels down to Miami. Uh, A&M looked much better on offense in week one, but it was New Mexico. Miami did look better on offense too, but it was Miami, Ohio. I got the Aggies though. So did where, where, do, where do you think? Aggies. 
Good offense. Yeah, I still, they win. I still think they're more talented. I don't think Miami's just quite ready. L. Asako. Iowa at Iowa State, a game that's going to feature players suspended because of gambling. One of the most disgusting football games every single year. Iowa failed on their race to 25 points last year. Oh, sorry, last week by scoring 24 points. They need 25 points per game, and they scored 24. Um, but I still think the Hawkeyes will come home with the Cyhawk trophy. I got I got the Cyclones. Uh, it's going to be chaotic. Could be one of those like seven three games, and I love it. So give me the Cyclones. It, it could definitely be ugly, ugly. Game of the day, number 11, Texas travels to Tuscaloosa to take on number three-ranked Alabama. College game day will be there. This is a trendy upset pick in the preseason. Do, do I? Do you have the Longhorns pulling off the upset? I'm so close to picking them because ESPN's kind of ramming it in our face, similar to the to the way they did Colorado TCU. And and I don't know. I'm still going with Bama. Trust them at home. Jade Milrow looks good. Very good. I'm there with you. Uh, I know it's Middle Tennessee, but Jalen Milrow did look better, and I think Alabama might actually be – I'm starting to think Bama's winning the West. I have I know that's – I don't think we should oh, completely overreact to F, FSU dominating LSU because FSU's good, but I think Bama's probably winning the West. And I, I Texas didn't look great against Rice to start off the season. I'm taking the time. This is another game that would have been a trendy upset pick probably before what happened last week. Number 13, Oregon travels to Texas Tech. Texas Tech loses in double overtime to my beloved Wyoming Cowboys in just a thrilling game on CBS. Oregon put up, what was it, 81 points uh, in, in, the, in their game. Um, Lubbock is a tough place to play, a long trip for Oregon, but uh, I think the Ducks probably get this one. Yeah, quack, quack, Ducks keep rolling. I, I want Texas Tech to win. This is a fun game. 19 Wisconsin goes to Washington State. Last year, Wazoo won at Wisconsin. This is one of the reasons why Paul Chris got fired. And now, with Washington State running the air raid is nothing new, but Wisconsin's running the air raid now under uh, Phil Longo, although it's much more of a run-heavy air raid. But still, out on the Palouse, who are you going with? Give me the Badgers. Come on. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. How could I go against the Badgers? They look pretty decent. I know they had their moments against Buffalo, but they're, they're, they're going to take care of business. I got Wazoo, and you kind of just mentioned it. They got off to a shaky start against uh, Buffalo, and I think that's just a bigger transition for them to make. And Wazoo looked a lot better than I thought they would in week one against Colorado State. They they handled their business in what I thought was a tricky spot. I think I'm going to take the Cougars at home. And then a game that could definitely get weird, Auburn at Cal. Hugh Freeze travels out to the West Coast to take on a Cal team that scored 58 points in week one. Do you think Cal can pull off the upset? Not quite. In the last season of Pac-12 after dark, uh, it gets a little crazy. Next year we'll be calling it ACC after dark. Sounds weird, but hey, give me Auburn. They look good. I'm also going to go with Auburn, but I do think this game can be sneaky competitive and will probably get weird. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, hopefully Mississippi State handles its business against its own Pac-12 opponent. In week two, we hope Davis Wade's packed out, and I hope you're all wearing white. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Dan, for hopping on. As always, swing your sword. Hail State.